0: So today, here's the thing. Jesus equals Jesus equals light and faith. All right? That's where we get it. We get light, Jesus is the light, and we get our faith from him. Okay? So just keep that in your head. Light, faith, Jesus, sight. Because how do we see, right? With light. We turn the light on and we can see. And, uh, how do we see spiritually faith, right? So we have light, we have faith. They're both ways that we see. And, uh, I didn't know this until actually this morning that, um, these little bulbs, you know, these cool little, uh, what is these? These are the uh, fluorescent ones. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, were invented when I was in ninth grade. Ah, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm super old. Um, yeah, 1976. Yeah, you know, the 200th anniversary of America. Um, then, of course, we have, you know, our fabulous little LED bulbs. Everybody's got those, right? And uh, because most everybody has LED bulbs and fluorescent bulbs nobody has the old school incandescent bulbs which means you probably if you read the emailer and there was a little reference in there about you know flipping a switch and it goes pops back you know yeah most of you probably never experienced that you know it's like what you know you turn on a light switch and it goes and then it goes out you know but that's what it does like when the light bulb is about to it's it's last gasp is to go you know just and then it goes dark. And so it's like this big flash, and you're done. And you're like, oh, dang, there's not going to be any light today. And, uh, you know, I've had that happen as a kid. Of course, when I was a little kid, I was also kind of not, I wasn't the brightest bulb in the pack. Um, but I, uh, I would always see if I could, you know, beat the darkness to my bed. Yeah, so I would. I would, I would stand at the light switch. And I would stretch it way out, flips, and I never won. Um, But I kept trying, you know, keep hope alive and all that. And of course, you know, I have here fabulous headlamp, right? Everybody's used a headlamp? No, some of you have never used a headlamp. Let me tell you where you'll really want to use a headlamp is like when you're on a mountain backpacking in the dark, okay? That's a great place to have a headlamp um, because, you know, walking on a trail to go do a summit before sunrise you know it's dark on the trail and some of the trails in fact one of the trails that we'll actually do this summer students um you'll want a headlamp because if you step off the trail (laughs) (laughs) sorry you'll want a light to keep your eye on that trail um yeah just so you know um wear your headlamps um super important. But as we continue this Advent series, right, we're gonna see how the miraculous arrival of Jesus the light of the world increases our faith. Last week Marco, you know, he introduced our whole series thing and you know, he got all super math wizard, you know, he's like, Hey, check this out. <laughs> you know, I'm a mathematician. No. Um, but you know, the it's still mind-blowing, though, the whole concept of the the probability of one man fulfilling 48 out of 61 of the prophecies about Jesus. I mean, that's super ridiculously mind-blowing. One in 10 to the 175th power, which, you know, students, if you haven't studied that, that means 175 zeros at the end. So one chance out of impossibility. Right. Right? I mean, it's crazy. It's zero. It's essentially zero. And I mean, you get there and it's essentially, it's a a zero. 700 years though, before Jesus was born, Isaiah pins our scripture that we're using. 700 years. I mean, that's not, I don't even have a concept for that. Right? I mean, what was happening here 700 years ago? My second birthday. Oh, 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 oh. oh Mark, I was going to be nice to you all morning, brother, and now it's over. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, you know, in the United States, you, you go back 700 years and... Yeah, there wasn't much going on. There was stuff happening over in Europe. You know, we had coliseums. People were still like, look at that amazing coliseum. Look at all this kind of stuff. But here in the United States, you know, oh, look, there's a adobe thing in a mountain or something. But um, 700 years, though, before Jesus was born, Isaiah prophesied that the Messiah would come to a people who walked in darkness by nature and by choice, which is how we are. I mean, we all, we we walk, we walk in darkness by nature and by choice. And as such, they're taken captive by the Assyrians. It's like, oops, you know, Jesus kept telling them, hey, follow me. Everything's great. You don't follow me. And, oh, it's going to be ugly. And so, and they were like, no, it's going to be different this time. I can do my own thing and God won't care. But it never works out that way. Um, And so they were notorious. They would obey God. They would turn to their idols they would suffer the consequences, they would repent, they'd be restored. Then (laughs) they would obey God and then they would turn to their idols and then they would suffer the consequences and repent and be restored. Um, But honestly, apart from the light of the gospel, all people are walking in darkness by nature and by choice. It's just how it is. Without the gospel, that's where we are. Uh, None of us are innocent before God and we have no hope for the gospel. And What's so amazing to me about our scripture for the day, um, when we're doing Isaiah 9, 1-2, uh, if you look at Matthew four twelve 12-17, I love it when scripture um, you know, just verifies scripture for us. And so here's this one. This is so amazing. Uh, now, when he heard that John had been arrested, Jesus withdrew into Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. seven here, year, 700 years later, here's Jesus. Well, let's fulfill the prophecy today. And so <laughs> off he goes. The prophecy, the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness, have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region in the shadow of death, On them, a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So think about this just for a second. As he's fulfilling the prophecy about people dwelling in darkness are going to see a great light, what does he begin? Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He begins to declare the gospel. He be, and I'm telling you that when we declare the gospel, light dawns. Every time we declare the gospel, light is dawning. And I just want you to think um, that light, the light of the gospel, it's bigger, it's broader, it's brighter, and it's better than we can imagine. Bigger, broader, brighter. Better, bigger, broader, brighter, better. Yeah, say that four times faster. Go ahead, Mark. (laughs) We're all listening. You got other things to say. (laughs) Hmm, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Teach you a thing or two. So let's look. Um, First of all, the light of the gospel is bigger than we imagine. The people that were walking in darkness have seen a great light. Jesus right that dwelled in the land of deep darkness and on them the light has shone first of all let's just say this you know that light is not emanating from us it comes from Jesus and uh, he has shone upon us like uh, I mean these lights they're shining it's nothing compared to this Um, and in Genesis 1 you know it and God said let there be yeah, and there was, and God saw that the was good, and God separated the from the darkness. Y'all are really good. You can know your Bibles. Good job. Um, so this light, this visible inv- and invisible light was created by God, and it points to something infinitely larger creation all of creation you can just count on it anything in creation if you're studying anything in creation you're looking at it just know that it's going to point to a reality that's bigger than what we see Amen. always god created the universe as a pointer to his glory Amen. right and so the first thing he created was light right visible invisible all the light think about this just just let this ponder trillions and trillions of stars, right? I mean, we know that there's, tri- now they, they're estimating trillions of galaxies, which is, I, I, I can't wrap my head around trillions, okay? We have trillions of dollars of debt in our country, but <laughs> nobody's talking about that. Um, but trillions and trillions, the light of trillions and trillions of stars is just a finite pointer To the incredible light of the glory of God, our little star that we call the sun, just one of those lights. And, you know, if you spend any time, I mean, if you've heard me talk about it before, I love Psalms 19. Psalm 19, one of my favorites. But you know that day-to-day pours out speech. How does day-to-day pour out speech? Because the sun shines every day and it shows us, it reveals to us the glory of God. And then at night, night after night, we reveal knowledge because at night we look out and we see, oh, my soul, we're in a vast expanse of glory. It's incredible. Um, So our little star. But look at Revelation 21, 22 to 25. Here we are in, this, in the city, the final, the, we're, we're, we're there, we've made it, we finally made it through the book of Revelation, 2023, okay, 2024 maybe, I don't know, when is it, I don't know, sometime we'll get through Revelation, so let's just go to the end, let's skip to the end. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. I mean, you stop and let that set in for a while, because if you really know what the sun does to keep our planet running, then you know, what, no need for that? Because what the sun does is incredible. What the sun does for us is remarkable, besides burn your scalp. Um, Has no need... A sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. And by its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. I, yeah. Light shines in the darkness. And there will be no night. I mean, you just ponder that for just a second. There will never be darkness. There will never be people hiding in a shadow. There will never be a a place of, of shame and fear. People, there will be no night there. So the first thing that the light of God created, the first thing the light of God created in our universe was the very thing that would continuously point us to the gospel and his glory god created this universe filled with light so we would see that glory displayed so this is my this is part two where i get to geek out just a hair marco got to do his little math thing i get to do physics hallelujah (laughs) right because you know i'll tell you you know all of this stuff It's all for God and for his glory. So just let's get excited about it. You know, the light of the gospel is broader than we imagine. So, you know, first, you know, John chapter one, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, the word, Jesus, was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the Light of men, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone was coming into the world and he was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. And then later in verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the father. I mean, his It's cool to think about this just for a second, that the true light, because like I said earlier, all of the light, the trillions of stars are pointers to something more magnificently glorious, the true light, which will light the world at the end of time. There will be no darkness. This true light, this Jesus will, uh, yeah created everything so we had the math lesson now we'll look at the physics so as i was i don't know i think i was driving through oklahoma um recently thinking about this and i was like okay the light light light's pretty cool i like light you know everybody loves light and then i'm like i got to thinking about the light and i said well light is only just one part of the electromagnetic spectrum huh the electromagnetic spectrum, people. That's where we're going. We're going to take a look at this because uh, when when it says, "Oh yeah, good job, good job up there." Um, so as I'm thinking about this, I'm I'm thinking, "Wow, Jesus is more than just sweet baby Jesus in a manger, right?" It says He's the light, right? And light is just part of this bigger spectrum of technically light because see we call infrared light we say ultraviolet light we don't ever say x-ray light microwave light or gamma ray light or radio light but it's all part of the same spectrum it was all created boom at the same time it's all it's all interconnected it's all really pretty amazing and uh you know and so from it you know like we're like oh look at there tv is over here or you know if you had Old-school antennas, you know, and you're like, dial it in, tune it up, tune it up. You know, um, now we have cable, right? So it's, you know, move those rabbit ears again. But, or in my case, it'd be like, no, Charlie, just stand there and hold them. <laughs> you know, it was that was an amazing antenna. But you know, so radio and television, um, mind you, all of these rad- all these waves, all of this electromagnetic spectrum, all moves at 186,000 miles per second which is why I could never beat the darkness to my bed, right? Because I can't go 186,000 miles per second. Um, but, you know, we use microwaves. Microwaves are used in cooking, obviously, but uh, telephones, visible light, obviously making things able to be seen, the ultraviolet absorbed by the skin in fluorescent tubes, but also, come on now, if you, uh, you know, or have one of those ultra UV light purifier things on your furnace or something. Right. You know, it's like, I'm killing all the germs, UV light germ killers. Amazing x-rays. You've had them, you hate them. Uh, you wonder what they've done to you after you've had them, you know, since everybody that's given you one, they throw this big thing over you and then they run behind a window and they're like, it's fine. Really? It's fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. No problem. Um, But, you know, we get them, you know, even at the dentist office. Um, And then the whole gamma rays used in medicine for killing cancer cells, right? You've heard of it, you know, the gamma knife, right? Amazing. But look at this. Jesus, I think, is in all of it. Radio waves. Jesus shows the image of God. Television transmits on the radio waves. Jesus shows us. The face of God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? Microwaves. Ah, Jesus teaches to pray. Yeah, how do we communicate with God? You answer your phone. Jesus said, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Think about that for a second. Um, How about the infrared? I had to really think about this one for a minute. I was like, okay, how does Jesus transmit heat, et cetera? And I'm like, what in the world? And I'm driving and I'm thinking. And then Luke 24:32, they said to each other on the road to Emmaus after Jesus had disappeared. And what did they say? Did not our hearts burn within us as we talked with Jesus on the road and he opened to us the scripture? So I think about... Jesus is the one who takes the warmth of the word of God and places it in your heart so that it will melt what needs to be melted, right? Is this amazing? I think it's so cool. Ultraviolet light. Jesus, what does he do? He cleanses us from our sin, yeah? UV light, uh, cleansing your little bugs out of your air. Um, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin x-ray this is a good one jesus the word of god knows the thoughts and the intentions of your heart it's amazing that sometimes we think we can (laughs) nobody sees i was like oh really (laughs) the x-ray jesus sees (laughs) you know you think oh yeah watching oh yeah he is. Um Hebrews four twelve for the word of God is living and active sharper than any two edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit. How do you do that? You know, I mean I don't understand how the X ray works. I remember my first one when I was ten and I thought the guy that read it read it wrong because I was fish. I was looking at my elbow and I was like, well, that looks like a crack. And the guy's like, Oh, everything's fine. I was like, yeah. Eight years later, I had surgery, but I still like, oh, wow, that pediatrician needs a new career. Um, but piercing the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart not just my mind you know and that's a whole nother story we won't go there okay uh gamma rays what jesus destroys death heals our diseases right look at that so i'm thinking you know um had moses known about the electromagnetic spectrum maybe he would have said uh, in the beginning god said let there be the electromagnetic spectrum But he didn't know, he just said light, okay? But I'm thinking all of that, it was all done at once and God spoke it through Jesus into existence and I think it's pretty awesome. I think the light of the gospel is brighter than we imagine. And I'll tell you why. People who walk in darkness... Okay, think about this for just for context. When they write this, people who walk in darkness back then, at this time, you know, thousand, several thousand years ago, um, they didn't struggle or suffer from light pollution, right? You go outside and you know you're walking, you're walking through the wilderness on your way to grandma's house. We go for Christmas over the river and through the woods, right? Um, you know, you weren't getting blinded by somebody's F-150 super bright headlights in your rearview mirror, right? That happens to me all the time. I'm like, oh, I hate you, F-150s, um, <laughs> because they have the brightest headlights. But, you know, th- there wasn't all of this light happening in the, in, the, in the world. I mean, it was reasonably dark at night. And, and consequently, people were reasonably sedentary at night. But not us, no siree. We're like, Alexa, turn on the lights. Alexa, change the colors. Alexa this, Alexa that. You know, flip, flip, flipping the switch, right? But they didn't just flip a switch. For them to have light at night was an effort. They had to light a fire. Light a lamp. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, okay, sorry. You choked me up, man. Um. But yeah, concept they're being... You know, daylight. I mean, I lived in Las Vegas for years, years ago, when they built the Luxor, which is this big pyramid. If you've been out there and it has this mega beam that shines up, and they said that you can read the newspaper from the space station by that beam. I mean, it's ridiculous. And when we'd be driving, I'd bring students back from Utah. We'd be driving back at night. And the, the goal was to see who's the first person to could see that beam shining up in the light. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. You could see that beam for hundreds of miles. It was a crazy town. Um, darkness, though, it's the absence of light. Light will always triumph over the darkness always and isn't that good to know go to a cave you ever been in a cave you know those little take cave tours you're like oh this is so amazing and they say okay guys and they say okay everybody hold still (laughs) you know because you know over there you could fall and so they turn the lights off and you're in the middle of darkness and they and And you're literally you're like you put your hand up and you're like I know I'm going to see my hand I know exactly where my hand is and you're you know you're giving it all you've got and nothing happens because there is no light you don't see it that's the kind of darkness that people are walking in and he said they've seen a great light truly remarkable Uh, people that walk in darkness they move slowly and in fear they're never sure where they're going they live for the moment not the future because you're crawling to find your next thrill. They're cut off from the light of life. If we lived in constant darkness, it would get really bad for us. Right? But the light shines in the dark. boy the, every moment and they can see beyond their circumstances. Right? Um, yeah, one time... I'll get to that in a minute. But if we do not have an understanding of how radically dark sin is, we really don't have as much appreciation for how magnificent the light of the gospel is. So the more we see how horribly dark sin is, the more we rejoice in how wonderful the gospel is and what God has done for us. A great light has shone upon you people. Great light has shone in your darkness to give you light. Truly remarkable. Uh, the gospel, the light of the gospel, is better than you imagine. Yeah, I want you to see how light and faith are inseparable. Because you know, some people will say, "Well, faith, you know, it's just that's what Hebrews tells us." So, um, it's a, it's a life of confidence. Okay, living by faith is a, is is not this wishful thinking thing, you know. Kind of like what Marco said earlier. You know, they had this they had this parable. Oh well, you know, will it ever happen? You know, it's basically is God going to do what he said he's going to do? I don't know. You know, those people were walking in darkness. Um, but you know, faith. Uh, I think faith is confidence. It's the greatest gift of God that you could receive this Christmas. Um, it's the eye of the soul. It's the act of looking unto Jesus, according to Charles Spurgeon. Thanks, Tim. Tim sent that to me at 6 a.m. I'm like, who else texts me at 6 a.m.? Only Tim. Um, Without the gospel of grace, there will be no faith. And without Jesus, we'll walk in darkness. So I got to tell you, you, know, you know, the whole, you know, it's so hard to say goodbye and all that. You know, oh, my gosh. You know, and so here it was one night. It's like midnight or whatever. Nothing good happens after midnight. And she was in Tulsa. She lived in Tulsa. She was going to school. And I lived in Claremore, which is like a good 40-mile hike. And, uh, and so I'm like, oh, I've got to go home. And so I'm driving home, and it's super fog. I mean, it's the densest fog I've ever driven in. And I'm like, I'm so tired. I've just gotta, I've just gotta go, and I've gotta get home fast because I'm gonna fall asleep at the wheel. So I had this really problem going on. A, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired that I shouldn't have been driving. And B, it's so foggy that I couldn't see the road. Okay, so it was, you know I had this double whammy going on. And so me being a really bright, light guy that I was, um, I was like, Route 66. <laughs> getting my kicks. Cause that's what I was driving. Good old route 66 from Tulsa to Claremore flash, flash, flash. And so what do I do? I put the white line in the middle of my car. And as long as I could see the white line, I knew I was okay. And I'm, I don't know how fast I was going, but I was tired. So I was also going too fast. So I'm sure I was going a good 65 miles an hour in the fog and all I'm doing is keeping the white line in the middle of my car. It was terrifying, but, um, I know that's how I felt. Um, you know, uh, but for me, I'm I'm driving by, I was driving by the light that I had and trusting that that road wasn't just going to stop and me fall down. Um, but Hebrews 11 tells us, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. I mean, you just think about that. I mean, we have heard that, you know, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's conviction of things not seen. Blah, of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And we live in this world that, you know, we want empirical evidence. And I'm going to tell you that some empirical evidence isn't as empirical as we thought it was, you know? And people keep discovering things like, oh, whoop we'll do. <laughs> we didn't know that was there. Um, but faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, which is more certain than any science because science can't determine exactly how the universe was created because then it wouldn't be science, it's metaphysics, but that's the whole other thing. Um, but by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible, Oh guys, God speaks your faith into existence just like He spoke light into existence because check out Romans 10:17 light. you hear about the light. Faith comes from that light. Faith comes from hearing the gospel. Faith is something that comes to you, is given to you just like light came to you and was given to you. It's pretty remarkable. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the light, the founder or author and perfecter of our faith. Who was the founder, the author? Me. Yes, I did it. I came up with faith. (laughs) And I got it. Got it, and I put it there. Ah, you know, it's like you saying, "I need to turn, I need to light my room." And so you just go, mm, "Watch the light." <clears throat> um, as our salvation, it's all—it's all part of it. It's—it's it's really remarkable. Ephesians two eight and nine: By grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing; it's the gift of God. This. If you go super grammatical, you know, grace, faith, those are both feminine terms in Greek and this is a neuter term and da-da-da-da, and so this is actually referring to for by grace you've been saved through faith, this, this salvation of yours by grace through faith is not from yourself. It's a gift from God, not from your works. You didn't... (laughs) pull it up and say, here I go. Watch me, God. You're going to love me. No, it's all from him. First Timothy 1, 13 to 14 says this. This is really interesting. Paul, he said, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insult opponent, I received mercy, the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. It's pretty remarkable. The disciples were struggling one day. Jesus told them, they're like, hey, hey, Jesus, how many times am I supposed to forgive? And he said, oh, you know, one or twice. No, he's like, seven times 70, you forgive? And they went, what? Listen to what he says. And it says, uh, he says, if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. That's what Jesus told them. And the apostles said, what was their response? They didn't say, well, that's impossible. Their response was, Lord, increase our faith. Because they recognized that being able to obey Jesus was going to be something that came from faith. And they're like, I can't produce that. Please, Jesus, produce it in me. Lord, increase faith from Jesus gives you great power to do amazing things, even forgive somebody seven times is not that something that jesus gave the you know that's like seven times 70 that's that's it and the disciples are like dang why didn't you just say you know do something miraculous over there you know and he's like yeah yeah try forgiving super hard faith is a gift it's knowing it grows in the light of god's word faith is seeing if you want to be a person of great faith who sees what others do not you're going to have to spend time in the light of God's word, looking at Jesus, finding him in every word, every page, looking for him. And you'll find faith growing inside of you. It'll be awesome. Psalm 130 The unfolding of your words gives light. That's a really cool thing. I woke up at 3 o'clock this morning again thinking about that, going, that's amazing. The unfolding of your words. You know, because sometimes it was like, oh, I'm just going to read the Bible today. Let me read it. Read it. I read it. Okay, good. And he says, the unfolding of your words. And, and And as I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, yeah. See, that's what we do on Wednesday morning with Mark. I mean, we unfold the word of God at Fight Club. We don't just read it and go, well, that's nice. That's cool. Well, what's it going to do for me today? I don't know. What's it going to do for you? No, we unfold the word of God, and it gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple, a.k.a. this guy. So Isaiah says, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government shall be, a- there will be no end, and on the throne of David over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Your zeal is nothing, people, but the zeal of the Lord of hosts to help. You experience the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will illumine you through the word of God as it's unfolded, as it lights your path. This is pretty amazing. Christmas is more than just little baby Jesus, but the advent of Christ, the light of the world, who has come to illuminate every area of our heart it feels dark and cut off from the light. Jesus is the light coming to us as a wonderful counselor. And we prayed about that this morning because, you know, so many times the concept of father for some people is painful and for some people is just abdication. "Eh, Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm a father. Big deal. It's like, really everlasting Father. That's forever. The everlasting. You know, mm, there's nothing better than being a dad and taking care of your kid. Mm, It's really pretty awesome. And, And we have this dad that's everlasting. Eternal father. Eternal father. And prince of peace. There are no circumstances falling outside of those four titles. There's no circumstance in your life that falls outside of those four titles. Nothing that you need that isn't covered by this. Yeah, they don't find a lot of Jesus. But in community, you'll find a lot of Jesus. Do you need a mighty God? I know I do. Sometimes is your heart broken with pain that's you just need to be held by a father. He's there. And there's no war raging within our souls that he cannot bring peace to. There is nothing. And uh, I think this is like probably that time, Ben, you can come forward now. Um, but, you know, I wish I had like a little light. I could just go, ping. um But we don't. It says the zeal. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my lights. The zeal of the Lord will apply the light of the gospel to your circumstances. So think about that just for a second. Who displayed the gospel, death, burial, resurrection for us? The zeal of the Lord says, This is the most amazing, glorious thing you'll ever experience, and I will apply. The work of the gospel to your heart. I will be your wonderful counselor. I will be your mighty God that gives you the strength to do what you cannot do. I will be that everlasting Father that you know you need, and I will bring perfect peace to you. So here's my question What mulberry trees have taken root in your heart? that need to be cast into the sea. Seriously. Because the light of the gospel from the Lord revealed to you today in Jesus can help you uproot what you never thought could be uprooted in your life. Cast into the sea. Hmm. As Jesus shines light in your life and he births faith, you will see miracles of healing and transformation. Prayer, I believe, is one of the most genuine exercises of faith. It's looking to Jesus as your author as your light, as your wonderful counselor, your mighty God, your everlasting father and your prince of peace. So I don't know what you are struggling with, Then maybe you just need to huddle up with somebody and say, yeah, can we pray about this? I need a wonderful counselor right now. Hmm. I need a father to hold me right now and allow Jesus to work in us through the light of the gospel together as a family. So let's just stand and if there's something you need praying for, let's pray together. All right?